0: It's so crazy. It's like you want to be different. You want to differentiate, but then you do what everybody else does. Differentiate. Go for it. Like, I think you can be the leader of the pack. You can figure out what is it that you don't like about dentistry. The future of dentistry belongs to the innovators. Welcome to Innovation in Dentistry. I'm your host Sean Zayas, and I believe that the future of dentistry is going to be unbelievably great over the next decade and two decades. But the question isn't that. The question is, are you going to be part of what makes dentistry great? Hey guys, this is Sean with Innovations in Dentistry, and one of the things that just completely, um, oh, it just drives me crazy is this thing that I see. Dentists want growth. Dentists want the rewards that come from being different, from differentiating, from being able to create value in the marketplace that patients can't get somewhere else. And I'm not talking about a crown. I'm not talking about an implant. But the craziest thing is they want the spoils that come with differentiation but then they look around and they simply do what other dentists are doing. Now, don't get me wrong. There's a chance that some of you are like, "Hey, we found those innovative dentists. We we go to those conferences where there, there is cutting edge stuff happening, and and we're we're learning." Okay, I'll give you that. But to many of you, you're simply finding formulas and models that have worked that are simply the same. It's like creating another little Caesars, right? There's going to be tons of competition for that. You know what was that a decade ago when SIE? Um bowls started coming out everywhere. Now, yeah, they're there are a dozen. You can you can find SIE anywhere. You know, I remember when I was in college, yogurt lamb came out and it was like uh well, come on, a new take on ice cream, right? Yogurt, self-serve, add as many toppings as you want. You pay by pound. Um, and that came in and left pretty much just as quick. It doesn't mean there's not yogurt places anymore because then the next thing was what? Gelato, the market moves. Now, I get it. Fundamentally, mouths don't move, right? <laughs> We're not not talking about as a species that our our mouths are evolving at such a rapid pace that all of a sudden it's, wow, like plaque doesn't build up anymore. We're we're so sophisticated. We don't get cavities, no caries, right? No, no, no. I I get that. So at the very core, clinically, dentistry is fairly unchanged, except that there's advancements in technology, right? Um, What you can do to 3D print a denture, what you can do with technology is advancing so fast. But it's not just that. In my world, right? So I'm a business guy, entrepreneur. In my world, marketing is often what can change things. It's just simply how you position something. It's how you market something. It's the light in which you cast over something. So dentistry has the opportunity to stagnate, which means, again, we just keep looking at what everyone else is doing. Or you can do something different. And that's why even like business model-wise, I think it's great. They see practices that are positioning themselves more like dental spas. I don't know how long that's been going on, but that's, that's something I've been seeing for quite a while. And it's like, okay, people have a pretty negative perception on dentistry by and large. Uh, It's not something people get super excited to, um, to go to, you know, you don't wake up in the morning and go, oh my God, I'm going to my dentist the same way, uh, you know, I'm going to a a basketball game, you know, an NBA game, or uh, I get to go to Six Flags today. You know, it's, it's not like that. Or even the way that you'd go to see, like, you know, to get a massage. So I, I love that. Someone's like, what if we made it more boutique What if we made it more of an experience? And I think 100%, if you can own the CX space, you are going to thrive. CX, it just means customer experience. If you can figure out how to architect, how to craft, how to fashion unique experiences for your patients when they're in the chair and beyond the chair, 100% you are going to win. You go to a dental office, and um, I think the craziest thing is because because you guys are small businesses, it's just the lack of systems and processes, but not not just for um, the ability to, to duplicate or replicate something at high fidelity. that's not what I'm talking about I'm talking about the ability to duplicate experiences so that every patient gets the same experience of care not not yeah, like how do you? concierge the experience of that patient to the degree of a Ritz Carlton. How how are they able to differentiate themselves from other hotel chains? It's because they trained their staff, empowered their staff to literally connect and engage with guests in a way that guests hadn't experienced before. E- even that, what if you thought of your patients not as patients, but as guests? I, I mean it's just a different take, right? Let's say I have a solicitor walking in my door, coming to my door. Let's say I have a stranger walking to my door. Let's say I have a neighbor walking to my door. Or let's say I have a guest walking to my door. How I treat each and every one of those is, is completely different because of how I perceive them. And the way you view a customer, right? Like it, it does not mean it's aligned with the way that you would view a guest. <laughs> so the, yes, this literally started as a rant because I, it's so crazy. It's like you want to be different. You want to differentiate, but then you do what everybody else does. Differentiate. Go for it. Like, I think you can be the leader of the pack. You can figure out what is it that you don't like about dentistry. Well, I don't like dealing with insurance. You know how many consultants and practice management uh, people out there that can help you get off insurance so you can just have a fee-for-service practice? I, I know two amazing ones right now. If you want them? Just email me. Um I think, what's the best email. Um, just email me, Sean, S-H-A-W-N, at myzana, M-Y-Z-A-N-A If you want to know right now how you can get off of insurance, go fee for service, I know exactly uh, two unbelievable practice management companies that can help you do that. Why? Because that's what it's about. It's about practicing dentistry on your terms. If there's something you don't like, then stop it. Figure a way to look at it differently. Great story is... Um, so with my, my first company roots, I'm not going to say the whole, f- okay, fine. It's called roots cause. Um, I don't even know if it's existent anymore online, but my dad, again, for years has been selling manual toothbrushes. And I was like, you know, I just, I'm not inspired by manual toothbrushes. Um, they don't excite me. I don't even like the conversation with dentists about, you can save 10 cents, 20 cents, whatever. Um, so at that time I really had loved Tom's shoes. I loved so many companies that I felt like we're doing something different. You could sell shoes. You could sell performance shoes like Nike, or you could sell 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 shoes that really made an impact on the world, and that's what Tom or the founder of Tom's Blake was doing. And it was just a fascinating story. It, It inspired me and encouraged me. It was just like, wow, I don't have to play by the rules. So with Roots, I'm like, okay, let's let's borrow one of the ideas from Tom's and figure out how we can help those in need now. My my journey in dentistry was I started getting really disillusioned, believe it or not, with dentists. I, I just it was difficult for me to keep seeing this like, how you doing? I'm doing great. I'm crushing it. I'm and everyone seemed like they were crushing it, but I knew that wasn't true because I was looking at the statistics and I was seeing the suicide rates and I was seeing the depression, but it wasn't being talked about. Now, this is 15 years ago. And it was just kind of discouraging that there wasn't much vulnerability or transparency. In dentistry, that I was seeing. I, I'm not saying in, in certain um, tribes that that wasn't happening. So, back, oh gosh, I don't remember the year right now, I met two amazing people uh, Dr. Allison House, at the time, she was the uh, youngest um, president to serve um, for the Arizona Dental Association. And I met Dr. Chris Volchek. And both of them were just so refreshing to meet people that were just real. They were completely innovative. They follow their own path, and they made me appreciate and love not just dentistry, but the people of dentistry. Now, Volchek, his whole story is about innovation. I, I would love to interview him at some point for this podcast because he literally was a square peg. What did they say? Sweet, square, yeah, in a round hole. Did not fit. Broke the mold. Anyway, he was doing something at the time. It's called the um, cast homeless. It was some homeless shelter that he was doing uh, dentistry with, and. I started talking to him and I didn't realize, according to his words, that there were third world mouths in our own neighborhoods. And um, that got me thinking, well, gosh, I I have a toothbrush company. Can I create something with that Tom's model that could really help? So every single time you purchase a toothbrush of mine, you could donate a toothbrush. So one case, you bought a case, you could donate one case um, to any charity in your neighborhood, in your community and i was like man this just seems like it's there's there's so many dentists i know that that volunteer at these community centers wouldn't it be great if their purchases could actually just help these these nonprofits um so it was i thought it was a great idea um at the time i didn't know what i didn't know about business and i didn't know what i didn't know about being an entrepreneur um and i was going to say this is definitely for another topic but i didn't understand what how to how to understand failure and I didn't understand what true learning meant. Um, so much of what I did for Roots at that time were decisions that I made based off of theory from, from boardroom meetings. This isn't gonna work, this will work, this won't work, this will work. And just pretty much went back and forth waffling for months while my funding was running out on what to do instead of just doing it. Was I ashamed or afraid of, of embarrassing myself? Yeah, pretty much. Uh, I was afraid of falling flat telling the world that I was going to try to do something and not being able to do it. And that's why I feel uniquely qualified to be able to help you in this journey. Because I've gone off script. And the first time I did it, the lessons I learned were huge. And they're lessons I wish I would have learned sooner. So that's why don't, don't waste three years, four years on a venture like I did with Roots, with the wrong mindsets, with the wrong expectation. Thinking that the first go round you have to hit a home run oh my gosh that if there's if there's one thing stories like facebook are become a disservice for for people that want to be successful is that they take the 1% of 1% of 1% of circumstances like facebook and go if zuckerberg did it then i should be able to do something or i should be further along and that's just not right so if you think like that at all i love that you dream big but don't set yourself up so that you have to Think you have to hit a home run the first time, or else you'll never swing at a pitch, and you'll strike out every single time waiting for that perfect pitch. Wow! I like that was that was me. I had a great product, I had a great model, but I wasn't ready to lead. I wasn't. That's the truth of it. I wasn't ready to put it on my back and say this is this is where I'm going and this is the change I'm bringing into industry. So, <laughs> my encouragement to you is, you, you one hundred percent can step out and innovate unlike what I did like learn learn from my failure with roots and the biggest failure with roots is that I didn't fail quick enough and I'm going to save that whole lesson failing fast failing forward being market driven for another episode but the point remains I I overthought I got stuck in my head I let bad mindsets stop me and I don't want that for you. I want you to be able to differentiate. I want you to be able to think differently. And yet, no, like I said, there, there's that whole illusion of safety. Like I talked about in the last episode, I was looking for safety with roots. I was looking for the safe places. And the reality was there wasn't any. So the second I, like the second I stopped thinking and expecting that there would be safety, I could have leaned into that just knowing that I need to be comfortable with the uncomfortable. I need to be comfortable with the uncertain. I need to be comfortable with what I don't know. Jeff Bezos, I'm pretty sure you know who that is, but in case you don't, um, you know, CEO, founder of Amazon. He's okay making a decision based off of 70% certainty, which another way to say that is that he's okay with making a decision based off of 30% uncertainty. Now, 30%, that's a lot. Like, there's a lot of variables that could be off in 30%. Like, that's not small. We're not talking 3%. We're not talking 5%. We're talking about 30%. How many of us... Would be okay making a decision based off of only 70 percent certainty. I mean, come on, in cl- your clinical life, there's no way you could be 70 percent effective in doing clinical dentistry. You, you'd be out of business within a month. But in business, the business mindset, the business hat, the entrepreneur hat, the innovative hat that we need you to that I need you to put on is one that has a completely different view on failure. And I wish I could have told myself then what I know now, and that is get out of the boardroom and get into the marketplace. Get out of the boardroom, get into the marketplace. And what does that mean? I was going to save this for another episode, but we're going to hit it now. What that means, 100%, is stop letting theory tell you what works and what doesn't. Stop thinking what you've read in books is true. It might be true in that area code five years ago in those circumstances. Sure, that was that person's story. It was true. But it doesn't mean it's true for you. And the only way you find out what's true is by letting the marketplace say yes or no. And typically, it's not that clear. It's not a clear yes or no. It's, this could work. And then you pivot. Oh, this is working a little bit better. And then you pivot. Ooh, that wasn't good. Okay, so then you readjust. It's your agility. You're agile. You can problem solve. You can continue to change course. So failure the only true failure is not trying. The only true failure is not releasing something, not shipping something, not being seen, so the marketplace can say yes or no. Really, that's it. That's where true failure is. When you second guess, when you, um, when you become so afraid, thinking you have to hit that home run pitch. So today, my question to you is: Where in your thinking are do you still have that? Do you have that that belief that man, I, I gotta hit the home run? That you have that belief that. If I fall flat, I'm a failure. My encouragement to you is fail fast and fail forward. And that's the only way you're going to be able to build that that practice of your dreams, that future of your dreams, and that wealth that you're going after. Thanks for listening and be sure to follow so you never miss an episode. To learn more about what's going on in dentistry, check out innovationindentistry.com.